When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... Hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. talking about Jennifer's body, which means that Scott is now secretly some type of succubus. I am about to have sex because I picked up some condoms at the Super Target, (laughs) and Adam is about to get fucked. It's time to talk about Jennifer's body. Wait, does that make Adam the guy with the eyeliner on? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. No, no, it makes you the the chubby football player. Yeah, you can either be the the goth guy or the chubby guy. Why can't I be Chip? I want to be. Oh, wait, Matt's Chip. Never mind. Shit. All right. Chip's the best part of the movie. Is it because you're too big? So, So let's talk about Jennifer's body. So, this movie starts off with Anita, who goes by the nickname Needy because there is no subtlety. In Diablo Cody's writing. Diablo Cody. No, like, <laughs> listen, though. Like, I, I can understand the whole point of it being, like, you know, a, a very, very heavy-handed thing. But also, her fucking boyfriend calls her needy. <laughs> that yeah. sucks. It's like, that must really drain your uh, your your self-confidence after a while. You're like, yeah, even the guy that wants to have sex with me calls me needy. Well, well sorry. in the IMDb trivia notes, it was like the Diablo Cody wrote her as the name Needy because she was going to make the character very needy and then apparently reneged on that. And I'm like, no, you didn't. She's still incredibly fucking needy. <laughs> like, she's still totally written that way. Uh, compared to your ex-girlfriends, I wouldn't put her on that same scale, though. <sighs> That's true. <laughs> well, Needy's locked in a mental institute, right? Yeah. And she gets locked into solitary confinement, and that's when we get the flashbacks to her high school experience. Uh, Needy is a nerdy girl, but her best friend is Jennifer, who's kind of the hot popular girl. Jennifer decides that Needy and her are going to go to this dive bar and see a band called Low Shoulder that's fronted by Adam Brody. According to IMDb, it was originally supposed to be 
one of the dudes from Good Charlotte, and then they changed it to Adam Brody. Oh, so much better this way, though. I like it this way because I, I – side note, I think Adam Brody is, like, a super underrated actor. Pretty much anything he's, that I've seen him in, he's really funny and good in. He's really charming and funny in this movie, no matter what Adam says. No, he was probably my favorite part about it. And do you know who else, other than the, the lead singer of um... – Good Charlotte they were going to have? They were going to have the lead singer. Uh, no, not the lead singer of Fall Out Boy. The douchebag one from Fall oh, Out oh, Boy. Oh, Pete Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen his he, penis seen before. <laughs> <laughs> so have I. <laughs> I know my dick is bigger than Pete Wentz. We've had this discussion before. <laughs> so I do have a note right here, which is it's pretty sweet that Chris Pratt is basically playing a young Burt Macklin in this scene at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> also, I... I've seen this movie. I think this is my fourth viewing. I actually own a DVD copy of this film. I've, I've been wanting to pick it for one iteration of this podcast or another for, what, like four rounds now? I've definitely talked about doing this yeah. for like a year. And I bought um, it for $2 at a yard sale this past month. Well, there you go. But this is like my fourth viewing of it. And I don't think I actually realized that was Chris Pratt until this last viewing. Uh, well, because he was probably the other times not as famous as Chris Pratt no, is now. Not, well, I hadn't seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, I knew about Parks and Rec, but I was like, or wait, yeah, Parks and Rec. And I was like, I, I knew who he was. I was like, oh, is that guy from Parks and Rec? But then I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, oh, Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the other person I got very excited to see in this movie is Chip. Because it's Little Neil from uh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. I was, ah, I was, happy oh, to yeah, there we go. <laughs> that was pissing me off. I couldn't place his face. Yeah. No, my favorite other person in this film was definitely the teacher, oh, Jason Jameson. Yeah, <laughs> he's very over the top in this movie. For the... oh man, so not as over the top as the football or the the gym dad or like the what was he? He's like, I'm gonna cut your balls off. And hang them from my front door like a door knocker like those rich folks have. You hear me, you son of a bitch? Oh, so good. Uh, so the bar catches fire, and uh, several people are dying, but Needy and Jennifer escape. And then the band also manages to escape, which I, ho- I love how insanely laid back Adam Scott is about the entire thing. <laughs> Adam Scott, Adam Brody, right? Adam Brody, I mean, whatever. They're interchangeable. You, you um, should come to my van. It's safe in my van. Uh, so Jennifer leaves with the band uh, against Needy's wishes. I do want to point out that without playing my card too early of if I liked or disliked this movie, I will say that I was okay with the dialogue until Jennifer started speaking. And pretty much everything that Jennifer says in the first 20 minutes just gives me flashbacks to all of my issues with the movie Juno as Juno. well. Yeah, um, but then I think it tapers off. It, it really does. does it does off. taper off uh, once she becomes evil. It's not as annoying. But if I heard her have to say that someone was lime jello one more time, I would have shut this movie off. I I really think Diablo Cody doesn't know how to how to disassociate herself from her hate of pretty women. Like she, <laughs> <laughs> she I don't know what she looks like, but I'm assuming she's ugly because she really hates pretty characters. Either that or she just tries really hard to sound like she's cool and young. But the first 20 minutes of this movie are kind of cringe-inducing. But then I feel like it takes on a different style where it's still that over-the-top kind of... The, the whole, like, you give me such a wetty part that I'm so obsessed with. That, that is, that's cringy in a different way because you're just like, oh, come on. But then you think it, it's for comedic... It, I don't know. I guess that... The lime jello is for comedic relief as well, but the lime jello doesn't hit, whereas yeah. the wetty line really does because it's just like, oh, Jennifer, fucking put the reins on. Be a little bit more modest here. Come on. So, Well, the one thing I will say about this movie that I liked from the very start 
and I've said this on our little Facebook chat that we have together, is like this soundtrack's pretty awesome, uh, especially if you love mid '90s pop punk. It's it's <laughs> Which... a we do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so fifty well, percent of the reason I picked this movie is the low shoulder through the trees song, and I wrote about it in Geekscape a couple weeks ago when I knew that we were already going to discuss this movie. <laughs> All right. I so hated. I fucking hated that song. Any goodwill they got out of any other song in the movie for me was instantly ruined because every fifty minutes that song had to tune back in again. The reason I, why I you, like this song, you know, what is- this movie reminds me of actually now that we're talking about this is it reminds me a lot of Heather's. In the sense that you've got like exactly. you've got like the the yeah. angry football like d- jock dad doing his little tirade. You've got that song's kind of like the suicide don't do it That's song good. that keeps popping up in Heather's. It's a piece of world building, and it's like it's supposed to be this refrain that keeps coming back, and it's kind of like a, a running gag in Heather's, and it's definitely a running gag in this film. And I really. Eurotrip did it better than any of those movies. Well, so. Scotty uh, doesn't know is fantastic how it like keeps fair. popping up in like all these different languages throughout the film, and they uh, they really went above and beyond that trope in that Absolutely. movie. But that's not fair to compare the two because nothing can touch Eurotrip yeah. except for that thing you do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so Jennifer uh, arrives at Needy's house covered in blood and just starts eating food out of her fridge and vomiting black slime. So immediately, well, the first time I saw this movie, that black slime, I was like, am I watching Splinter? Yeah, I thought that same thing, too. The way that it, like, or whatever, and did, like, the wave. I was like, oh, yeah. man, she's got a fucking stomach load of spin- Splinter infection. Then the next day... Much Jen- Jägermeister. Jennifer comes to school and seems to have no recollection of the night before. Meanwhile, the town mourns the loss of various students, uh, various students, including eight or various townsfolk, including eight students and a bunch of faculty members. Jennifer then murders a football star and leaves his body in the woods while Low Shoulder begins to gain popularity for their heroicism. I murdered that word Uh, and are asked asked to perform at the school formal. At this point, I have a note that just says any movie with screeching weasel on it can't be all that bad. (laughs) Um, And this is when Jennifer murders Colin, the emo kid. And then I do have two other notes right here that just say, I went to Super Target and picked up more condoms. Best line in the movie. Then it says, sorry, I was wrong. He just asked, am I too big? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know if Diablo Cody hates pretty girls more than she hates teenage boys. But, man, she hates teenage boys a lot. to, To poke a hole in your theory, Scott, I looked her up. She's attractive. She's quite attractive, actually. So she hates herself. So Jennifer reveals to Needy that Low Shoulder tried to sacrifice her as a virgin in exchange for fortune and fame. But much like in the movie Monster Squad, she was not a virgin. Uh, except this time, demons possessed her instead of just nothing happening. I also have a note right here that just says, This school has an occult section. I was not aware that this movie takes place at Hogwarts. I was thinking it took place in Sunnydale, but that's just me. <laughs> Uh, so, I, she she was like, I went through the occult section five <laughs> times, and he was like, we have an occult section? She was like, it's very small. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, then the five times part. joke that I was okay with. <laughs> uh, so Needy and her boyfriend break up, and then Jennifer seduces and kills him. Uh, Needy decides that she needs to kill Jennifer and does so with a box ca- cutter, uh, but is caught in the act of murder. Then Jennifer happens to bite Needy, which passes on some of her powers. So the movie ends with Needy escaping the asylum and going after Low Shoulder. Well, so you missed the best part of that whole Jennifer's death, which she's like, ow, my tit. (laughs) 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 This movie is so fucking funny. Come on. (laughs) So I didn't mind this movie. I don't know how many times I would rewatch it. 
But I, I went into this with really low expectations and came out being like, oh, that wasn't so bad after the rockiness that is the really annoying dialogue in the first 20 minutes or so of the movie. Um, but I am curious how Adam ended up feeling about this movie. I didn't like it. I don't think that comes as a surprise to either of you. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't over the top enough for you. Yeah, that was the problem. <laughs> I know you enough. I know you well no, enough. That 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 try too hard dialogue it literally brings down every other element of this movie for me. Yes, it's got an interesting plot. You don't see a lot of succubus movies. Yes, it's got good actors. It's got people that I find incredibly charismatic and charming, like Adam Brody and stuff, and that uh, young Neil. But when when she when you can tell that the writer is sitting there going like I'm going to make I'm going to make salty a thing. Watch me make salty a thing. The girls are going to be calling boys salty left right and center. I'm like shove it up your ass. I don't yeah. stop no, it. No, and that that was my biggest issue with I could not get through fucking Juno for that exact reason was like I think Juno's way worse Juno, than Jennifer's Juno's body. Juno's way though. worse. And this uh, you know not to harp on a movie we already did an episode of, but this is not nearly to the odd Thomas level of obnoxious dialogue oh no no, no like no. like that was really fucking brutal but i agree with scott or with adam that there are there are definitely points especially in the first like 20 30 minutes where it's just i can't deal with it i was fine with it once the succubus stuff happened because it kind of stopped being about jennifer being the popular girl and more about her just finding ways to seduce and murder people but yeah that, that first 20 20 30 minutes is is a little rocky and it still doesn't really explain how the fire starts the fire starts really mysteriously and i thought that there was like a like i thought that it was going to establish that jennifer always had weird powers because it looks like she starts the fire uh, i think you're reaching there bro i don't know i'm just saying that, but then that wasn't the case at all so i'm like well why the fuck is she staring at something just as it catches fire she just looking at the band, man. That you're definitely thinking too hard on it. A, a fire broke out because that's a piece of shit hole in the wall bar that bands don't play, and they didn't have any, anything grounded. And so yeah. then just the fire broke out, and then they're like, um, "Okay, well we found our girl. We're gonna go sacrifice you. Come on." I think Low Shoulder planned it. I think they're the ones that like set it up for the fire to start. Which because is why the Adam time- was so laid back was so laid back and they were able to get out of there into the van and away from everything before any harm came to them. And it looked like from, from the time that the fire started to the time that Amanda Seyfried got outside, they were one of the last people in there. And then they just kind of, Amanda Seyfried turns around and they're already outside in the van. So it was like, that. I think they must have had that planned out. To, and, and I also think that they don't have any more than that one song. So they had to only play that one song, start the fire, and then get out of there. I hope when they played the formal, they covered Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Well, they had about four months to write more material. So, I mean, they probably did a couple covers and a couple originals. So let's talk a little bit about why you were so adamant to, to pick this particular movie, Scott. I know that there was a... I wasn't adamant. You, I just Last second, you wanted to change it. Stop. Oh, because Summer Party Massacre 2 is going to happen next yeah, that 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 entered your life, and you were like, "I want to change this." I'm like, "It's too late. I already bought Jennifer's body." <laughs> yeah, well, Summer Party Massacre Two is so similar in tone of just being so ridiculous and kind of realizing that it's all a big joke that I just I was like, "Oh man, there." Uh, but yeah, I like Jennifer's body. I think that the whole point of why I wanted to discuss it with you guys is that it had. I th- I think that they really marketed it. Poorly. Oh, it's um, awful. The marketing for this movie was horrendous. 
And because of that, I don't think anybody really watched it that horror people were like, oh, it's just a teen flick, or they're like, fuck Megan Fox. I mean, I think she's fine in this movie. She's not a great actress, but you don't need a great actress because she can play bitchy succubus. It works just fine. And she kind of, with all the plastic surgery she's had, she looks kind of alien and demonic already, so it works out just fine. I think that this movie hits enough of the jokes to make it worthwhile. It's going to be super dated in about, I mean, it's already kind of dated, but it's going to be super dated in about five more years. And then a five more years after that, we're going to, all three of us are going to sit back and be like, you know what? This movie's fucking all right. And you guys are going to be like, Scott, I'm so glad that you made us watch it for Horror Movie Night. And I'm going to be like, yes. And you know, you guys aren't going to see me because we're going to be podcasting, but I'm going to be touching myself. Well, Scott, uh, you can start to touch yourself now because I am <laughs> start. <laughs> I I am glad that you made me watch this movie. I'm glad that at least one of the three of us didn't. Well, one of the two of you didn't hate it. So now let's move on to the notes portion of this podcast, which is always fun for me because I get to just lean back and listen to Adam ramble. And uh, I have a feeling this is, based on the fact that Adam didn't like this movie that much, th- that usually leads to some pretty good notes. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on your, it, it's going to depend completely on your uh, delivery, because right now you sound like you took some heroin right before we started the yeah, show, like, and you need to take some speed. He, so you can, he took, well, it, he took some heroin called Jennifer's Body. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real, it was a downer. So, well, this movie okay. is no fucking downer compared to, like, Monkey Shines. You have way more energy. Come on. <laughs> Okay, okay. I'd be smacking your ass so hard if I was your gym teacher. (laughs) All right. uh, Okay, here we go. So this is the Jennifer Body's note. Literally, Mortal Kombat kicked that orderly. I didn't know anything about this movie, so I was like, how did she do that? That was uh, inhuman how that happened. Like, flew across the room. Did this movie kill the Fox Atomic studio? It, it may have. It's it very possible. The last movie that they did. Yeah, um, it, it was a huge bomb. Mark. I know that. They were like, oh, let's let's get all the people to watch Juno to watch this movie. Failed. <laughs> I wonder, like, how big of a bomb are we talking here? Oh, you keep... Uh, I'll look that yeah, up while you keep going in your notes. <laughs> All right, all right. So whenever a girl puts her hair in their mouth and chews on it, it really grosses me out. (laughs) So you probably don't like the movie Society. I don't think I've seen the movie Society. Oh, man! Oh, man, Society will happen one day. Like tomorrow, I hope. So what what time does this movie take place in? Midwest America time, which is Napoleon Dynamite. No, I I think he, like, means is it fall or winter or spring? No, 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 no. I'm I'm because... It's football season. Everybody has cell phones. So, but like their rooms are decorated like it's the 80s. She's wearing leg warmers. So this Uh, didn't bomb at all. Did it not? No, it was made on a budget of $16 million. How much do you you think it made in the box office? Exactly $16 million because they definitely didn't cook the books on this one. (laughs) $31.6 million. Uh, I was going to say 35. So it almost doubled its budget. Wow. Congrats. You know what, though? At the same time, I'm looking at all their other movies, uh, and 
it wasn't exactly like Fox Atomic was nailing it out of the park here <laughs> when they start with Teristas and then they got Oh dude, Aubrey is gonna shit herself and, when she hears you mention that because she wants to pick it next round. And then and then like stuff like the comebacks and Miss March and twelve rounds with John Cena and I love you, Beth Cooper. They pretty much killed themselves on. Yeah, really. Jennifer's body is the best of all the shit they they put out. So, oh man, and thank well, they God they did. They did twenty eight weeks later too. Oh man, and thank God they yeah. never got around to doing their remake of Revenge of the Nerds because that would have been devastating to me. Yeah, you really need that rape culture in your <laughs> uh, in your history, there, bro. Yes. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure what the time period is in the movie because she's wearing all these 80 clothes. Everybody's kind of 80s. That prom looked 80s as fuck. Uh, uh, yeah, Amanda Seyfried's dress in particular. I think it's supposed to be modern, but they're just not cool. It's like a, it's like Napoleon Dynamite came out in 2004 or whatever, and they're all dressed like it's 1985. So I think it's just supposed to be like this subtle thing that makes you think that they're living in the midwest and not cool all right how are these actors saying these lines with straight faces how can you look into the camera and call a dude sweat or call a dude salty multiple times and then that that lime jello line was really brutal too how you can read this on the page and be like i want to be a part of this project i don't know why listen Uh. megan fox's cocaine habit is not going to pay for itself (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's true. But uh, with a $16 million budget, she could have done all that co- that, amount of, that amount of cocaine by herself. Huh? Like... <laughs> no, dude, that wasn't budget. No, she that was her own little stash. Oh, okay. She had saved over from Transformers. Transformers money paid for that. <laughs> yeah. Her and uh, her and Princess Leia from Star Wars are in the back. Back at the trailer <laughs> doing cocaine. Rails off their party nail. <laughs> So two movies, two weeks in, in the last two weeks that both say the word Gomers. Really? Yes. Yeah, so she was called Gomer a Gomer. I I think it was her calling. I think it was Jennifer calling Needy a Gomer. So uh, we like to connect with our fans in even the shitty areas. Said every <laughs> band that's ever come to my town. <laughs> so direct hit or what? Hey, fuck you! I love that. Well, I love that album. <laughs> I, I went. They were like, uh, they're like on our band camp. We're giving away a bunch of our early stuff for free. And I went and I downloaded it for free, and I still wanted my money back. So, <laughs> Adam Brody's band is not a punk, uh, punk pop ska band. So that's negative ten points for this movie. <laughs> Making me listen to that entire song the whole way through. That's negative twenty points for this movie. Uh, then Amanda Seyfried watches the fire, watches it spread throughout the entire bar. It's like forty-five seconds. She's the only one that notices. Doesn't say a word. Just <laughs> doesn't speak up to anybody. So later on, when they're like, it was a terrible tragedy. Eight people died. I'm like, you know what? A whole lot less could have died if Amanda Seyfried had just said something. She just went, fire. There's no one seemed to even acknowledge that there was clearly shit on fire at that point. There's a fire sale. sale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the burning. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> grace. Oh. There we go. <laughs> that uh, that lead singer is skinny and twisted and evil, like Scott, for making me watch this fucking movie. I'll <laughs> so put on some guyliner and I will be your Adam Brody. <laughs> Can you so, just write a song called "I Will Be Your Adam Brody"? <laughs> I will. Wait, is it like the Bernie Lady song? Be my no, 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 I was no? the Enrique Iglesias. I was going to say Enrique Iglesias myself. Yes, uh, Adam and I are on the same page here. Be your he gets Adam Brody. So, uh, Jennifer shows up to Needy's house, 
and eats raw chicken, screams like a banshee, is covered in blood, pukes bile all over the place. This whole scene takes about three minutes. At no point does she reach for a phone and try calling 911. So I think this girl is just really, really bad in crisis situations because she's done everything wrong up until this point. And then uh, Jennifer gets that guy to, uh, she goes, feel my heart. I think it's broken. Can you guys feel my brains? Because I think they're hemorrhaging right now. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that that really over-the-top shit works for me because I think this is making fun of high schoolers. And I like that because I really hate teenagers. <laughs> so, I don't know. Personally, I'm okay with all that really shitty dialogue because it's Diablo Cody giving the big fucking middle finger to 14, 18-year-olds. 14, I, don't, I don't think she is, though. I think she literally thinks that that's how teenagers talk. You know, <laughs> I think we're going to have to disagree, agree to disagree on that because, to me, it just seems like sarcastic pastiche. That's eh, just me. I don't know, but the, like that makes sense for Jennifer, but Juno spoke that way too, and Juno was not supposed to be like... But Juno came out first, and so I feel like... She after... wrote this the same time she wrote Juno, though. Yeah, it was like in the same summer or something like that that she wrote them both. Wow, that sounds like one wet, hot, hot American summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a stretch, but I'll allow it because I love the movie and the show. <laughs> one one wetty, hot American summer? <laughs> This speech impediment sucks. <laughs> Guys, are, are we part of the boy-run media that's trying to spread lies to women around the world? Are we included in that? Obviously, if I'm trying to pick Slumber Party Massacre 2 next round. <laughs> uh, yeah, true enough. I'm picking Life Force. Dude, yes! <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Don't look at me. I'm picking whatever happened, baby Jane. Uh, well, let's not talk about that because I'm going to ignore that that's even existing until the day before. <laughs> but I'm just bask in like two or three weeks of Life Force. Because that's one movie I cannot watch at work. <laughs> oh, God, no. Really, Scott? Why not? Tits. <laughs> Just get Chrome ready to throw over top of the screen. I only works once, all right? <laughs> okay, I'm going to make a bit of a confession here. I didn't know precisely what Needy's last name was. And I misheard it as less licky. <laughs> And I thought that Diablo Cody was trying to make some joke. So I was like, what the hell? I thought on it for like five minutes. I was like, what the hell does needy less licky mean? <laughs> what is the joke exactly there? It's Anita, Anita less licky, dude. I should explain it all. It's so transparent. Why are you so dumb? Well, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, her Jennifer is Anita more licky, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, come on. That kiss? Girl on girl, all that? I mean, I, should, I picked this for you. <laughs> you're, you're, like the you're, least... bold, you're bold-faced liar. And you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we get the scene with the goth guy, and he's on a street. And this, this town has a serious fucking housing problem because there's literally, like, two straight blocks of just Empty, perfectly fine-looking houses. Pause. <laughs> Listen, when we when we discussed Wolf Cop, you're like, oh yeah, they 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 uh, film this in this piece of shit town. You knew the name of it in in Vancouver or whatever, and you're like, yeah, perfect. It it, it uh, is like a perfect example of how shitty that area of Canada is. This is just the same. It's the same town. 
<laughs> Why are you criticizing this movie? Dude, to be if, fair, he criticized Wolf Cop also. Dude, if Lou Guru had come in and just tore Jennifer in half, I would have loved this. If he had done the face rip, the to face Jennifer, rip. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, I rewatched Wolf Cop with Megan and her ex boyfriend this weekend, and <laughs> we, I, I basically fast forwarded through all the exposition, explaining in short bursts what was happening, just to get to the face rip part. And it was amazing. <laughs> it, was, it was the best way to watch Wolf Cop. I made him watch the, the penis come out, and then I made him watch the face come off, and then I uh, I think we watched the wolf sex scene, and that was it. And you shut it off. You're like, this is all you really need to see in this hour and ten minute long movie is these 15 minutes. It was seriously 20 minutes. I think we each drank a beer, and that was like, <laughs> that was it. Matt, you need to make, that needs to make your Halloween sizzle reel this year. <laughs> At least the penis and the face rip are like guaranteed or in the sizzle. I think I think the sex part is good too because Megan had never has never seen had never seen Wolf Cop and she still really hasn't. But she was like kind of zoning in when I was like, "Hey, watch this part! Watch this part!" And she was like, "They're having sex." I was like, "Well, spoiler alert: she's a shapeshifter, so I guess her vagina can take it." Oh, and I told her about the fuzzy sock in the mouth. She actually audibly laughed. I was really impressed. <laughs> she actually hates that kind of shit. Okay, you know, right after the sex scene where Needy goes running into the house and um, instead of Jennifer falling down and jumping on the car, just her face hits the windshield. We cut to a silhouette of Lou Guru on the moon as the wolf cop. He howls credits. So this movie's over. <laughs> Dude, that would have been okay. Because this movie has three endings, you know. Like, it, it, at least Wolf Cop has one. For once, I actually liked the last ending the best in this one. But we will uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, so this movie gives me a wetty of the brain. They're leaking out my ears right now. <laughs> you, have, you, uh, you have hydrocephaly because of watching Jennifer's body. Correct. She's, I guess the, the understanding is like the... the the succubus mythos is that they need to drain a man, and obviously they've substituted draining him sexually in this movie for draining them of blood because she like. She and it only to... happens once a month, by the way. So uh, this, is, this is a shitty take back callback to Ginger Snaps. So there's a scene right after she kills the goth that she's in the house surrounded by the candles and she's scooping blood out of the body, but it looks like she's scooping it directly out of where the stomach would be. Like she's scooping just straight stomach acid and bile and shit into her mouth. Like that was way, there's way better ways to drain a person of blood than truly really, though. Do you think that she gives a fuck? She's invincible. No, I guess not. But like, wouldn't you want to like if you had these powers? Wouldn't you be like I'm gonna like set up like Skip a stockpile? Yeah, personally I would. But she's a dirty succubus. Like I. That's the least of her worries. Like, oh, I got some bile in my mouth. It's like, aren't you more worried that she like perforated his colon and is like rubbing feces <laughs> all over herself? Yes, I mean, we're I really am. getting into it. I'm I think that as well. I think the biggest bowl that you can put your blood into when it comes to a human corpse has to be the stomach cavity. And so they were just like, eh, let's just do stomach cavity. Who gives a fuck? Because yeah. you know what? Your superb knowledge is just too much for this film. Well, you know, Diablo Cody should have pulled out her Grey's Anatomy and maybe looked some of this shit up before... Uh... Maybe we should have just watched The Thief, The Wife, whatever, and her lover again, because that has some coprophagia in it, and I know you love that. I don't even know what that word means. Anyways, next <laughs> up, um... 
They eat the poo poo. Come on. Oh right, right. The dog shit in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a pleasant memory. Thanks for bringing that back. Wait, now I'm thinking about Helen Mirren naked again. Okay, actually, thank you for bringing that back. But it's sort of related. Anybody that just wants to save their time and spank it to the makeout scene, it's exactly one hour in. I checked the time stamp on it. One hour and six seconds. The the magic word to convince a man to commit ritualistic murder is a murder is a pen, apparently uh, Maroon Five. You just say Maroon Five and he's in. Here, get get this though. The at the end when in the flesh that Blondie cover that Adam Levine is is singing goes on. I thought that was really fun. I thought that was a great little. I thought that was some good uh, directorial, or I don't know if them is screenwriters who decided that, but I like that personally. So you guys are gonna reenact this whole funeral scene when I die. All right, <laughs> but Scott, you're actually playing the role of the mother. All right, sound good? Good. All right. <laughs> Needy's dress and hair at this prom is just fucking great. I actually love it. <laughs> I think my favorite part of this movie was that whole outfit and her just looking unhappy the whole time that she's there. So, uh, no, that's a shitty note. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> why, oh, why with this goddamn tampon joke at the end? Like, that Yeah, the not... joke really falls flat, but that might be because we're all three guys. I don't and know. not 14. No, Does a woman uh, want to hear it referred to as plugging? I don't think so. Yeah, so there's there's a question right there. I know that we have at least I'm a not asking female. my wife. We have a couple female listeners. Let us know if you found that joke funny or if it is as unfunny to a woman as it is to Either a man. Allison. Plymouth. The two of them, I want them to give their wittiest reply, please, because we are at a loss. <laughs> Tell us the joke Adam should have made in the notes. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that's pretty well it. I don't uh, I don't much care for the you know playing with the mythos at the end and being like what the researchers didn't know is that when a demon bites you, you get just the good part of their powers. No 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 no. Okay, now I'm out of the place that I'm gonna go kill the band. All right, the montage like the photo montage with the music, I did like that. That was pretty all right. Now the main problem you're, with... you're skipping the best part of this whole movie. Okay, the sacrifice scene. That's the best part of this film. Yeah, no, that well, I only really had the Maroon 5 note for that. And it is pretty good. What song do they start singing? They Jenny. all, oh yeah, 8675309, yeah. yeah. I love no, the fact that he gets to the chorus, he's like, Bob and he's like, stab! It's just, uh, Adam Brody really is the high point of this film. I, I thought throughout this whole thing that they were going to throw her into the, whatchamacallit, uh, they should have. That seems really dumb that they didn't to get yeah. rid, got rid of the knife. Why wouldn't they get rid of the body? They introduced, yeah. I, I, it, it was kind of weird that that was introduced so early into the movie and it had such a very minor. Well, the absolute most minor. And she's like, you know, for years, scientists have been studying and trying to find out where it goes, but nobody knows. And then at the end of the movie, you see some of those orange balls that the scientists were like dumping in at the beginning. I'm like, Dude, fucking government official scientists. Yeah, they would find out where it goes. What are you talking about? They would know. Like, so, Is that uh, really the worst part of that, the, like, the logic of this film? No, no, no. I, I just, <laughs> I, I would, I do wish that they had just thrown her in, though. Not even after the stabbing. I, I just kind of, I thought everything was going to revolve around, like, something was down there. It's Because it's literally the first thing that you're introduced to in the flashback. I think Diablo Cody just visited it one time, and she's like, I'm going to put that in a movie. But, uh, okay, yeah, here's the problem with horror comedies, is they're very subjective. Two people can sit down and watch a drama, a horror movie, a thriller, and they can agree that it has good aspects. 
But I can sit down with somebody and and we can both watch an Adam Sandler movie and I can find zero redeeming qualities while they loved the whole thing. Like, it's the most subject, subjective genre. Like He's talking about you, Matt, by the way. Well, no, because I... I here's no, the just thing. the Adam Sandler part. No, that's uh, no. but I he mentioned Adam Sandler. Did you and I have the fight about, about Billy Madison? No. I had a fight no. with someone about Billy Madison recently because I rewatched it for the blog. And I was like, man, I I remember that movie through fucking rose tinted glasses. Like his when I was a kid, I thought that movie was great. And like watching it now, I'm like, man, that fucking gibberish talk gets old real fucking fast in that yeah. movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> the only good part of that, about that movie, and you know, you can quote me as saying that I actually like the wrestling thing, is the revolting blob. I, I would say that I I would disagree. I still like elements of Billy Madison, but they're all the elements that aren't Adam Sandler. Like, Chris Farley's cameo still works for me. Anything that Norm MacDonald says in that movie still works for me. But Adam Sandler's entire shtick through, from start to finish is just infuriating in that movie now. Well, I, I kind of feel like Adam Sandler has been infuriating for the length of his career. And it just takes some people longer than others to figure that now, out. So, welcome like, to the club. He's had two or three that I still think hold up. I still think it Wedding Singer works. I still like Punch Drunk Love. But yeah, for the most part, I'm I'm sure... That as I'm rewatching these DVDs, I'm going to be like, "Why do I own this?" The um, the <laughs> no, emotional question the, the emotional elements of Big Daddy still hold up. The humor in Big Daddy, not so much. <laughs> I don't think it uh, ever held up, though. Let's just be honest. But that, that yeah, I remember being really disappointed in Big Daddy. Like that was when I was still a really big Adam Sandler fan, and Big Daddy was the first like. Uh, I saw this in the theaters, and I really didn't like it, and I don't feel a need to see it again type movie. But, I'm so disappointed that this is my pick right now. Like, I'm so <laughs> you know what? I was going to move away from Adam Sandler, but uh, Mr. Deeds, anybody? What do you think? <laughs> Seriously, the fact that that piece of shit it has dominated the last 10 minutes of my podcast, <laughs> my fucking pick for our podcast... <laughs> uh, but uh, do you guys get what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's be... comedy subjective more so than pretty much any other genre. Right. So when I was like, Scott, why did you fucking do this to me? And he got upset about it. I don't. I don't know that there is. I don't know. I don't know what point I'm trying to make. Is there grounds to be for either of us to be upset about it? Because I know Scott really loves it, and and I just don't. But I I, I can see that he finds the the good stuff in it. But I never will, just because of the way that comedy is like that. Meanwhile, in New Jersey. So Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. Hi-o! From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's. Uh, so I think that's the end of Adam's notes. Let's talk about what we watched this week. Let's start with Scott. We'll start with Scott. <laughs> all right. I watched the first half hour of RoboCop 3. It's... <laughs> God awful, and I won't finish it. <laughs> what, what is with you and doing everything we tell you not to do? Like, 
No, 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 no. I did it because I wanted to hear what this week was based on all the shit that we talked about for Night of the Creeps. Okay. So I did that because that was the thing that killed uh, Decker's career. Uh, and then I watched Slugs because that was kind of – it could be a companion piece in Night of the Creeps. And Slugs is really bad. But I, I like the look of the slugs in the movie. That movie's gross, though. Like, that movie's really gross. Yeah. I was physically uncomfortable watching that film. The, when that chick falls fucking boob first into a, a floor full of real-life slugs, and she rolls over and they're burrowing under her flesh, yeah. and her face, she's like, Bobby! And he's like, ugh! And he's got his ass shaking, and... And trying to get out the window, and then somehow the supernatural slugs like pull him down. He's like, no, 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 no. that movie sucks. Um, <laughs> I really wish I had that forty-five minutes that I fast-forwarded through most of that movie <laughs> back. But then redeeming quality, the coup, but, coup de gras. No, 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 no. I have three more that I watched. Okay. Should I save the best for last? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Well, I watched Creature from the Haunted Sea from nineteen sixty-one because I had it on my computer from. Like five months ago, I, I, I found a copy and I was like, I want to watch this movie because um, there's this song by this surf band from the 60s that is on YouTube spliced with Creature from the Haunted Sea. And I was like, that creature is so shitty that I just have to watch this movie. And it's like a parody of James Bond and it's, it's a parody of like every movie ever. And uh, it's not good, but the last five minutes are, it's a Roger Corman flick. So the last five minutes are. He's just like, oh, show the monster. Have some fun stuff happen. Credits. So um, it was worth watching so I could, you know, delete that from my my hard drive. Uh, And I watched the original Blob uh, for the first time because I wanted to get ready for the possibility of someone picking it sometime in the future. Hint, hint, people listening. (laughs) Uh, Pick the remake because it kills and it's just awesome. But uh, I did not realize Steve McQueen is the uh, the protagonist of that film. Very young Steve McQueen. Not really a great film, but it was kind of cool seeing it after having watched the remake so many times and seeing that they did. They were actually pretty faithful to the original in about four or five set pieces. I think that they were very close to the original. Yeah. But um, the crown jewel, the fucking peanut in the piece of poop of all the movies I watched this week was definitely Death Spa, as suggested by Adam last week, because of the mix-up between uh, the two of us with Killer Workout slash Aerobicide and Death Spa. Now, Death Spa is a movie that you want to have your finger on the fast-forward button, because there there are two things to watch for. There's some gratuitous 80s bush, and then there's the last five minutes. That's pretty much all that you... Maybe 15 minutes, when, when... Things just go absolutely wacky, funhouse horror movie. And uh, yeah, I'm glad I watched the last five minutes, but I'm really disappointed that I didn't fast forward through more of it because I was like, I need to probably have some exposition for this movie. Nope. <laughs> no, nope. there's Ghost in the Machine. Come nope. to hell with me, Michael. That's the yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, well, I, I did some live uh, Facebook messaging so that I would be able to remember some of the quotes from that film. Hold on, let me go through the 50 uh, Facebook messages that the two of you guys left for me to have this morning at 4 a.m. when I <laughs> checked my phone. Uh, Labor Day, baby! Just <laughs> <laughs> a chance to come and die with me in the inferno. Let's live forever in hell! And then, 
<laughs> then the guy's like, all right, bitch, I'll show you fried chicken. And then he connects the main electrical outlet that he tore from the the, the, the converter to his shoe. And then the the um, possessed brother of the dead wife who is haunting the death spa, she gets burnt to a crisp. And then they come in and she's like, ah! And she grabs at him. They rip her fucking arm off. And the cop that's still alive is like, bang, 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 four shots in the fucking head. <laughs> and her eyeball gets exploded and... Yeah, it's not a spoiler alert because really it's still impressive watching it. So, Matt, it's on your list of things to watch soon, I hope. All right, will do. That movie has some of the worst fake blood in it, too. Every time someone bleeds... Oh, it's almost as bad as uh, Halloween 2. It looks like tomato paste. It's so bad. No, it's red paint. It's Sherwin-Williams. It looks looks thicker than paint. Like, I saw the can in the back of the scene. I, I love the fact that some chick dies via getting her hands stuck in a um, a blender. Like, really? That's not going to kill you? Well, I don't know. We haven't seen Unfriended yet. It might, for all I know. Uh, so, Adam, what did you watch this week? Uh, I watched Sinister 2. Oof. Which was brutally bad. Like, really, really bad. I actually, I want to see what that's getting on, like, Rotten Tomato right now. Because it's if it's over 25, I will be shocked. So, Sinister 2, let me see, Rotten Tomato. 13%. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> 31% on Metacritic. It, uh, it shits all over everything the first movie did. It's poorly acted. They kill a small child at the end of the movie, and that is, that is supposed to be the heroic gesture that the main character does, is killing a small child. That's wow. him That's saving the day in the end. Um, yeah, it's pretty god-awful. I don't suggest anybody watches it. I hope it doesn't make any money. Uh, the only reason I went to see it is because it was it said it was written by the original two writers of the first movie. Uh, the end credits roll up. It says, written by, and then somebody puts a piece of tape over the end credit that says, based on the characters created by. So they just found a way to get around that credit and, and lie to the audience that they were getting something written by the original authors of the first movie. Fucking bullshit. That's weird. Such That's really bullshit. weird. Anyways, it was terrible. Uh, Don told me not to watch it, and I didn't listen. I'm sorry, Don. I, I, sh- I will listen again. I will listen better next time. Uh, the other movie that I watched was also terrible, and that was San Andreas with The Rock. It was like the end of the world uh, fucking earthquake movie. You guys even heard of it? I know about it because you mentioned it, and I looked it up, and I knew exactly what it was, and I was like, hmm, looks like shit. Yeah, it was shit. So I watched nothing but garbage. I did start watching the first little bit of Killer Workout, but I want to save that until I've fully watched the whole thing. Yeah, it's really, yeah, you don't need to watch it in one sitting because it's like a high-calorie dinner. You can just kind of snack on it. So they <laughs> yeah. basically just recycle the same aerobics workout like four times in it. Sexy yeah. every time though, so win-win. I for the for the blog, I rewatched the what original, blog? Uh the Every Damn DVD blog that I write. Oh, Sorry. Thank you. Uh, is that the, is that .tumblr.com? That would be .tumblr.com. Is that related to uh the St. Mort show that is also on SoundCloud? Uh not really, but that we should listen to. <laughs> Uh, but I, I rewatched, uh, the original, uh, Black Christmas cause I'm at that point in the blog and, uh, that movie still really fucking holds up and is a really good movie. Uh, I don't have any funny notes or anything. Just 
If you haven't seen the original Black Christmas, you should see it because I forgot how much I like that movie. I also watched Jim Cotta for the weirdest movie night. And I know that Adam has seen Jim Cotta. I don't know if Scott has seen Jim Cotta. I have not seen Jim Cotta, but I told my boss who's 41 about it. And he was like, he just lost his shit. He started laughing hysterically. and was like, Jim Cotta. Yeah, That's it, all he said. It's literally, it, like the best way to describe it is like blood sport with gymnastics. Like it's just ridiculously bad. Is but, it true that every European town has a pummel horse in their uh, town square? <laughs> just everywhere. Everywhere that you go, a gymnastics equipment, just everywhere. Um, But the highlight that I watched this week, and I didn't know if it was going to be good or if it was going to be bad, but I gave it a shot and I highly recommend it was a film from 2012, 2013 called Hellbenders. Have either one of you heard of Hellbenders? No. All right. So it's a, uh, a horror comedy thriller. About, I do know about this. Oh, uh, my God. It, oh, yes, I remember this <laughs> shit. So it's about a group of priests who uh, perform exorcisms, but their philosophy is that the best way to deal with an exorcism is to get possessed by the demon and then kill yourself and physically drag the demon back to hell. But in order to do that, they have to know that they're going to hell. So it's kind of just a day in their life where they just commit nonstop sin and debauchery 24-7 to make sure that they're guaranteed to go to hell. Um, and it's basically like a Ghostbusters-style plot where where the Pope dies and the new Pope comes in charge. And they're like, what the fuck is this Hellbenders group of saints? So they send a dude in to double-check on everything. And uh, while he's there, he's like... These guys are miscreants, like we're going to take their funding away from them. And then right around that exact same time, a really terrible demon uh, descends upon New York and it's up to the hellbenders to take care of it. And uh, it's just a good, fun Uh, movie. It Uh, sounds like it could be either great or awful. I'm not sure which. It's based on a graphic novel and its cast includes uh, Dan Folger, who I always love in movies. Dan Fogelberg. Dan Fogler, Fogler from uh, Balls of Fury and uh, Fanboys, the guy that you hire when you can't get Jack Black. And Cliff Collins Jr. is in it. But that's about it. Next week, we are going to be talking about the Evil Dead remake from 2013. Our good friend Allison picked it. Uh, If you want to pick a movie, feel free to email us at hmnpodcast at gmail. Just tell us what movies you want us to watch. And uh, as we said earlier, if you're a female listener, let us know if the tampon joke in this movie actually worked. That's your fucking takeaway? Uh Stand I just can't. I just. Don't, I don't even want to do notes. <laughs> oh, Adam. Meanwhile, in New Jersey. So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, 
Let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. Um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 